Hello, hello! E3 is here, and we are back with another episode of Power Pros Podcast, episode 174 to be exact. I'm your host, the Hoff, Chris Hoffman, and with me for the special occasion is my regular co-host and nemesis, Pete Mashad. It's an E3 bonanza! Yes, it is. We are indeed here to talk all about this week's exciting new announcements. Of course, Nintendo just had their E3 Direct a few hours ago as we record this. And you know, let me tell you something, Pete. I feel like we were pretty spot on with our observations and predictions last week. I mean, not to you know strain ourselves, patting ourselves <laughs> on the back, but I think we did a pretty good job on that thing, don't you say? I would have to say we pretty much did. Yeah, I mean, there weren't a whole lot of uh, crazy surprises. It was mostly stuff we knew, but I think Nintendo did a really great job with what they had. Totally. They made up for the lack of new first-party announcements with some great third-party stuff, and all of the stuff they showed on existing games we already knew about looked pretty darn amazing. Yeah, it really did. I mean, I was joking online, I think this was the Nintendo Direct of my dreams. Well, I don't think I would go that far. I mean, personally, I would have liked to have seen more brand new first party games. But I think that's where we should start and talk about the new exciting big surprises that did come out from this E3 Direct. Because the ones that were there, those were definitely doozies. (laughs) You're a doozy. Why, thank you. Anyway, first and foremost, we have the sequel to The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Pete, that was something that you mentioned on our last episode you were really hoping to see. And lo and behold, we're getting it. (laughs) I mean, I think you and I have both had this conversation a few times, but uh, the fact that they are officially doing it and the way they announced it and all that was uh, pretty much exactly what I wanted. Yeah, totally. I mean, as we said, it really made complete sense for them to follow up on Breath of the Wild like that, but it's so great to see it is happening and I guess happening, you know, sometime relatively soon, soon enough that they were confident to tease us and show us some of the game. I mean, we really don't know a whole lot about it, but we got to see Link and Zelda investigating some ancient ruins. Then the Malice attacks, and a corpse comes to life, and some power goes into Link's arm, and it looks like Castle Hyrule is about to rise out of the ground or something. We don't really know what's going on. It was pretty nuts. Yeah, and I wonder, like, is this a true sequel to Breath of the Wild? I mean, they kind of say it is, but, like, yeah. aren't all Zelda game sequels? And Well, I don't know. I mean, looking at the character's clothes, I would say there's a very good chance it is a direct sequel. It feels like, you know, this is right after the events of Breath of the Wild, and maybe they're going to explore underneath the castle. I mean, it certainly looked like the same world that we saw in Breath of the Wild, but you never know. I mean, even when they had a game like A Link to the Past getting a direct sequel, it wasn't really a direct sequel. It was still set some time apart. So it's really hard to say, but that's kind of what it looked like. Yeah, totally. And my favorite thing in the world was the messaging at the end of the video. (laughs) Yeah? I just felt like that was like the most Nintendo thing ever. Like, I don't... (laughs) I've never seen any company ever just come out and just say, the sequel to The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild is now in development. <laughs> like, for some reason... Just in case you couldn't tell. <laughs> just for some reason that they had to say that just made me laugh and uh, was the most Nintendo thing I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Now, what are the odds that you would say that that corpse was Ganon's corpse? Hmm. I don't know. I was thinking that, but to me it kind of looked like the bad guy from Thundercats. I'm going to go out on a limb and say it probably wasn't him. I mean, it could be a monk, it could be someone else, but it was a character with red hair, and it would kind of make sense from a story perspective that they're maybe looking for Ganon's body underneath the castle or something. I don't know. Whatever it is, I am all in for that. My other big question is, what was that crazy chanting going on? You know, that sort of seemed like an allusion to something as well. So, lots of mysteries, but 
it's the Legend of Zelda, and I couldn't be more excited, really. Yeah, what was that giant yak they were riding? Was that from the game? I, I don't remember ever seeing that creature. Uh, I'm not sure what it was either. I don't think that was in Breath of the Wild. It was definitely not one of the usual horses that you get to ride. But uh, yeah, it was certainly quite the burly beast. <laughs> now, if you could milk it, would you drink it? Uh, sure, wouldn't you? <laughs> um, I, I, I'm going to pass on that. Okay, well, let us move along then and talk about the other big announcements, which were really all about the new characters in Smash Brothers. And again, this was something we were talking about a couple weeks ago, and a couple of the characters I mentioned were the Luminary from Dragon Quest XI and Banjo-Kazooie, and boy, I am uh, two for four so far, so <laughs> I am pretty excited with what we got announced at this show. When I saw those, I was like, wow, yeah, you nailed it. <laughs> yeah, so far so good. I mean, it's not just the Luminary, though. It's not just the main character from Dragon Quest XI. You also get to choose alternate outfits that get you the main characters from Dragon Quest III, Dragon Quest IV, and Dragon Quest VIII. So that's a whole lot of Dragon Quest all in there together. And of course, they are using Sword Swing in combat. They're using all their spells, using their shields to deflect attacks, all that good stuff. Yeah, and it's pretty cool. I mean, you mentioned it, but it's like, it feels like Enix or Square Enix, but Enix especially belongs in Smash Brothers right. after all this time. Yeah, and of course we are getting the slimes in there as well. Yep. We're getting some iconic music. We're getting some cool backgrounds. So yeah, all that good stuff is in there. Although I have to tell you, I had no idea what was going on during that reveal for the first 45 <laughs> seconds or so. I'm like, what's going on here? There's a horse. Man. Is Opponent playable? I don't think Opponent's playable. That wouldn't make any sense. Yeah, it was not until they started playing that iconic music and you could see the yeah. characters lay like, ah, Dragon Quest. Yes, up, makes perfect up sense. Up until that moment, I really was thinking, this is going to be The Witcher. This is going to be The Witcher. It's going <laughs> to be The Witcher. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't really think that was going to be... But uh, I'm happy with what we got. Yeah. And then, even better, at the end of the presentation, we got Banjo-Kazooie. Now that was a surprise. I mean, I figured if they were going to do anything from the Microsoft catalog, it would be Banjo-Kazooie. I really sure. didn't want it to be Master Chef, <laughs> or Master Chief for that matter. <laughs> didn't want it to be Steve from Minecraft. Like, if it was going to be a Microsoft <laughs> character, it had to be Banjo-Kazooie. And I'm so happy that's what it ended up with. Yeah, and I love that it said raring to go. <laughs> yep, that was a nice touch. It was a nice callback, of course, to the King K. Rule reveal as well. Where right. Tried to troll people. I don't think anybody fell for it this time. At least I hope they didn't. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it is great to see him in there. It made me really sad that the reveal videos aren't in the Smash Brothers game at all. It's like yeah, that's true. It's that's like, what true. The heck? Anyway. Oh, well, that's what the internet is for. But yes, Banjo's in there with Kazooie doing all kinds of crazy attacks with jingos and puzzle pieces and all that good stuff. <laughs> I would really have to sit down and watch it again to take it all in. But yeah, it is coming this fall. The Dragon Quest Hero is coming this summer. And yeah, I think it's two excellent picks and uh, you know, great reason to pick up that DLC for sure. And honestly, the uh, Duck Hunt spoiler was pretty funny how... The duck hunt dog was trolling us. <laughs> right, totally. But like I said, I don't think anyone fell for it this time. <laughs> anyway, in addition to those big announcements, there was also plenty of new information on the games that we did already know were coming. And one of those games is Animal Crossing New Horizons. It has a full title now. It does. And it's also not coming out this year. <laughs> no, that is the bad news. It got pushed back. It does have a release date at least, but it's not coming out until March 20th of next year. However, with so many other things on the horizon, you know, I'm not sure that's the end of the world. Yeah, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of disappointed people, but at the same time, like, 
I don't know. It, it, at least it's like three months out. It's not like some crazy amount of time. It's not like just 2020 right, right. and you don't know when. Exactly. So I think with all the information that came out, I mean, I, I actually think it looks really good. What did you think? I think it's shaping up very, very well. It's got some interesting new twists because now you're on this deserted island. And basically what it seems to me is you are sort of changing this deserted island into a full-blown village. Right. I mean, maybe you're not exactly the mayor anymore, but it looks like you're just taking it from, you know, it's basically nothing into a full-fledged town. Also, you've got crafting in there. Yep. And I think that's, I mean, it's not new to the series because crafting is in Animal Crossing Pocket Camp. So right. it's kind of cool to see them taking some ideas from there. Uh, you'll be able to make tools, presumably able to make furniture and other stuff. And yeah, it just seems like you have lots of control over the design of the island. You know, you see them digging up trees and making paths and rolling snowballs. And that's in addition to all the usual stuff like collecting fruits and flowers and going fishing and catching bugs. Totally. Uh, one thing I thought was interesting is how it shows you living in a tent at the beginning and apparently cooking your food in an oil drum. <laughs> uh, hey, I've had to do it. You've had to do it. We've been there. You know, I was just expecting Mike Hagar to stroll in at any time, punch over the oil drum, and eat whatever was inside. <laughs> well, he is known to do that. <laughs> yes, he is. One thing I noticed was that it seemed like, you know, the axe that the character was using was um, maybe, like, not quite the final axe. So, like, it was almost <laughs> right, like the early right. version. It was called, like, the flimsy axe yeah, or something so like to, that. So to, I'm sure there will be many. Yeah, mm -hmm. so to your point about the crafting, I'm, I'm excited to see what they do with that. Yeah, I mean, that certainly seems like one of the first things you'll make. And like in the other Animal Crossing games, I'm sure you'll get upgradable and better equipment as you play. But, yeah, the other thing, aside from what you're doing on this island, is you'll be able to do it with seven other people. There is eight player multiplayer eight players all on one island <laughs> and i don't know all the details of that like will they be there permanently or is it just like they come to visit at any rate there is as we were hoping a big focus on multiplayer and uh, i'm very much looking forward to that yeah totally one thing i also saw and i don't think it was in the reveal but it sounds like items are able to be used inside and outside of your tent so there's really no dis oh yeah no difference between the two yeah that's right they showed him just throwing an item onto the ground turning it into a little tree stump chair sitting down on it and doing whatever you want yep. yeah that's definitely in there mm -hmm. pretty cool uh, another thing i noticed is that tom nook is still a huge jerk so <laughs> that guy he can go suck it uh <laughs> well you're a huge jerk so that kind of works yeah, well, he's the one who probably delayed the game, so there. <laughs> That's probably true. All right, let us move along, because we have a lot of stuff to talk about. Luigi's Mansion 3 was also shown as part of the Direct. Yeah, and it looked pretty, pretty freaking awesome. Yeah, it did. It really gave me, I mean, chills in an excited way, not a spooky way, because while it's kind of spooky, it's not that spooky. But yeah, I mean, I really got the same feeling of excitement from when I saw the first Luigi's Mansion all those years ago on GameCube. But yeah, it's looking really cool, and as they sort of hinted at in the previous announcements, you are indeed in a hotel. <laughs> Mario and Peach and Toad are there as well. They get captured, of course, and it's up to Luigi to explore this hotel and try to save them. I mean, it kind of raises the question, why isn't it called Hotel Luigi? But oh well, I guess you can't have everything. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it has to be Luigi's Mansion. Come on. <laughs> yeah, but there was Hotel Mario, remember? Yeah, oh, right. Lame. <laughs> For the CDI. Uh, yes, no one played that. Uh, that's right, nobody did. <laughs> anyway, yeah, it's mostly familiar gameplay where you're using the light to stun ghosts, then sucking them up with the vacuum, although now Luigi has a brand new vacuum, the Poltergust G00, I guess. <laughs> 
and he can use it to not only suck up ghosts in the traditional fashion, but he can slam them where he grabs the ghost and just sort of slams them back and forth like it's the Incredible Hulk with Loki and use it to clobber other ghosts. Yeah, he can literally beat ghosts with other ghosts. <laughs> yes, yes indeed. There's really nothing cooler than that. <laughs> but I also enjoy the suction shot, which lets you shoot an object with a plunger and then yank on it to either smash an object or pull away some enemy defenses or something of that nature. Then there is the burst maneuver, which lets you knock back enemies that have surrounded you and also use it to jump over obstacles. That was kind of slightly hinted at, I think, in the reveal trailer, but we really didn't know what it was until now. Yep. I gotta be honest, being able to see this now, you know, since it's skipped a few generations since it came out on GameCube, Mm -hmm. it's impressive to see this game now using, you know, new hardware, high-res graphics. It's really cool. Yeah, it just kind of reminds you of, like, how powerful the Switch is and even though, you know, it's still maybe not as powerful as it could be, it's really just cool to be able to see Luigi's Mansion come to life even better than it ever has. Like, you know, in the beginning, you kind of see, like, Princess Peach has, like, some stuff in the hallway. And, like, I don't know. It just looks so much better than I remember the original. Well, yeah, that goes back to what I was saying before about how it sort of elicited those same feelings I thought when I saw the GameCube version. Like, oh, this totally. is so impressive. And, you know, this is very much that same sort of thing. It just looks really, really good. It does look gorgeous. I love the way the game looks. There are details everywhere. And I'm really impressed by the giant watermelons. <laughs> That's not a euphemism. They're actually giant watermelons. <laughs> uh, yep, I saw them. Also, in terms of gameplay, Guigi is back. You know, you <laughs> might not have encountered Guigi if you did not play the Luigi's Mansion 3DS port, but he is in here. You can apparently switch back and forth between regular Luigi and Guigi and use him to do stuff Luigi can't, like go through metal fences and walk on spikes, and you can use him as a second player in co-op mode. And then, if you want to get even more players together, there is Scare Scraper mode, which is <laughs> a fantastic name for a mode, and you can uh, join up with up to eight players and try to feel the ghosts and rescue all the toads before time runs out. So this looks like it's kind of going to have it all. It's going to have a lot of great single-player stuff. It's going to have multiplayer modes. It is looking pretty darn cool, in my opinion. Yeah, and just the environments look so varied, too. Like, there's one that looks like there's, like, knights jousting or something. You're like, what is this part of Luigi's Mansion? But (laughs) I'm here for it. Yeah, it really can't come out soon enough. We don't really know when that's going to be. It's still supposed to be sometime this year. October, I think, would be a really good time, but we are still sort of awaiting that final release date. Chris, if you have a kid, would you ever consider naming him Guigi? Uh, no. You? <laughs> uh, absolutely not. Of course, another highly anticipated game for the Switch is The Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening. This pretty, shiny new remake. And man, is it shiny? It is so shiny. Just look at those <laughs> graphics every time I see them. It's like, oh wow, that is so sparkly and shiny. I know. I just want to like keep watching it until it comes out. Yeah, it really does look like just some little claymation model that's come to life and is now representing one of my favorite Zelda games. Totally. And, um, you know, I was just thinking about it. It's like, it's cool that they have this engine now because who knows? Like, maybe they'll consider doing some other Zeldas that are top-down. Yeah, I mean, we've got a couple other handheld Zelda games that could certainly use more attention. Oracle of Seasons, Oracle of Ages, who knows? But for now, I will certainly be content with this game, and I'm liking what I'm seeing as far as evolving the gameplay goes. They finally showed the HUD, so you can see that you can assign tools to the X and Y buttons, and apparently there is a dedicated sword button. So, yes, the interface is much improved over the original, as I was expecting, so that's great. Keep me out of that pause menu. 
<laughs> yeah, there are also some new characters tossed in and uh, some new gameplay elements. The color dungeon from the GBC version is back, but there's also now the chamber dungeon where you earn chambers throughout your adventure and use it to make your own dungeon. It's like the next best thing to Zelda Maker. Yeah, I was thinking that. It basically is Zelda Maker. Yeah, you're making your own dungeon. And apparently you can arrange the rooms in different ways and that'll allow you to get different treasures and things like that. Also, I noticed that... Link's health meter has 20 hearts, not just 14. So there are six additional heart containers to get that were not in the original. So that is definitely more content. Oh, look at you, eagle-eyed cherry. Oh, don't you know it. <laughs> and honestly, you were talking about the graphics. The boss fights look so cool. I mean, they look like literal figurines that you just like could pick up and play with. Yeah, this game is looking very pretty. <laughs> Plus, I love that Dampe is the person who uh, is in control of that level builder. Yeah, it's kind of nice to see him back. He was not in the original Link's Awakening, but uh, yeah, here he is, ready to help you out and cause some pain, I guess. <laughs> anyway, the game is coming out on September 20th. In addition to the regular version of the game, there is a Dreamer edition of the game that costs $10 more, but comes with an art book. And then, even better than that, there is a Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening Amiibo. Amiibo! I knew you'd be all over that one. Of course, it is Link in this new graphical style, and he is as cute as a button. I have already pre-ordered it, I'll have you know. And? You you excited about this guy? Oh, I'm excited about every Amiibo, pretty much. <laughs> Your excitement for Amiibo knows no bounds? I would say that's pretty accurate. Alright, I figured. But, of course, you know, beyond just this Link Amiibo, we did get a look at a few new Smash Brothers Amiibo as well. So, we now have release dates for the Snake Ivysaur and Squirtle Amiibo from Super Smash Bros. Those are coming out on September 20th. Then Incineroar, who we saw for the first time, along with Simon and Crom, are coming in November. And then we are promised Dark Samus and Richter next year in 2020. And presumably next year's then we'll get all of the DLC character Amiibo as well. But uh, yeah, all those guys are coming. They're all looking great. And of course, I'm looking forward to adding them all to my collection. Yeah, you're going to be busy collecting Amiibo for the rest of the year. <laughs> yes. Busy playing games, collecting amiibo. You got that right. Also, they showed us a new look at Fire Emblem Three Houses. Pete, what did you think of that one? I think more more than anything, it really solved the mystery to me of like how the story kind of comes to life based on these three houses in a school. Yes, totally. I mean, if you ask me, it looks way more epic now. I mean, obviously you start in a school, but then war engulfs the continent... And then five years later, these former classmates, friends, they're now facing each other on the battlefield. I mean, like, the last time they showed us this game, they're like, oh, look, it's a school. Let's go to <laughs> classes and study and hang out and date. And now it's like, all our friends are dead. Let's kill everybody else that's out there. <laughs> it's ridiculous. I mean, it is like such a crazy change from what they're showing. Actually, you know, before we compared it to, you know, Harry Potter. And it's kind of that same way. Like, you compare Harry Potter 1 to, like, Harry Potter 7. That's how things dramatically change. Yeah, it's true. It's like, oh, we just killed the twin brother, you know? <laughs> so it's going to be nuts to see what this actually turns into. I really like the way it's coming together. It kind of sounds like there's going to be some sort of time travel element, too. So maybe you know, you'll see the disaster. They can get to go back in time and prevent it from happening. I don't know. But I am definitely more excited about this than I have been. I was going to get it anyway. But, yeah, it's looking really, really cool now. Yeah, it's about time Switch gets a true Fire Emblem game. Yeah, I mean, it's about time that we got a, a console-quality Fire Emblem game. It has been quite a while since we got one of those, periods. Yeah, so, that's true. Yeah, it's very exciting. It's coming out on July 26th, and I'm very much looking forward to playing it. That's right around the corner. 
Heh, <laughs> indeed it is. And another one that I'm very much looking forward to playing that's not too far off is Astral Chain. Would you say that it's off the Astral Chain? Uh, it definitely is. <laughs> I mean, it looks pretty crazy. I still don't entirely get it, but it certainly <laughs> seems a little bit more normal than before, and I'm not saying that in a bad way. <laughs> I mean, they're still calling it a synergistic action game, so you're partnered with this sentient robot weapon called a Legion, and it accompanies you into battle, you can change its forms, you can control what it does with the R-Stick somewhat, and it seems very strategic, but also very flashy and very cool. I'm hoping I get to go hands-on with it soon and really see what it's all about. Yeah, I agree with you on that. This is a game that totally is all about the gameplay, and I really want to see how that reacts and what the gameplay mechanics really involve. Yeah, I'm definitely with you there. I mean, I don't think it's only about the gameplay because I think it's also, you know, really stylish from a visual perspective. I think the character designs are fantastic. I really love this futuristic cyberpunk world. And I mean, it's just begging for me to explore it. Every time they show it's like, man, I really want to check this place out. And what's great about the game is that it isn't just combat. It does actually have exploration and investigation and you're tracking enemies and you're answering questions. And I'm just finding this world very, very appealing. It looks really cool. And again, this is one that I'm absolutely going to have to pick up and purchase when it comes out on August 30th. Yeah, I am definitely on the purchase side of things with this one, too. All right. Very cool. And then, just a couple weeks after that, we are getting the release of Damon X Machina on September 13th. And of course, as you know about that game, this is where you get to control and customize your own mech, known as an arsenal. You get to acquire lots of weapons, and you get to fight these huge, crazy enemy contraptions. And, you know, the question for me is, is it better than that demo? I admit, I kind of lost interest after that demo came out. Yeah, and I think you and I both agree on that. I will say that what I saw in the trailer actually did look pretty interesting. So, and it was definitely... Oh, it totally does. I mean, there's, you know, a variety of mechs you're fighting. There are huge enemies. There's on-foot action. And I would be, like, so super excited about this if I hadn't already played it and discovered, huh, it's not nearly as cool as it looks. <laughs> right. I just hope that maybe they've actually changed some mechanics since right, a lot right. of that stuff you don't see in the demo. Yeah. Plus, if that was really early in the game, we only got to play a handful of levels. Hopefully, there is faster gameplay. Hopefully, there's a lot more melee action. I mean, if it does play as good as it looked in the new trailer, then this could be something really special. But I think it's really weird having these two heavy action-focused games coming out only two weeks apart. Yeah. You know, Astral Chain on August 30th, Damon X Machina on September 13th. I think that's really bad timing. I think one of them is definitely going to suffer for that. So we'll see how it goes. Yep. I will definitely stay tuned to uh, what the critics are saying for that. Yeah, for sure. And then, of course, we cannot leave out Pokemon Sword and Pokemon Shield. Oh, of course. And, you know, we found out a lot about that one on last week's Pokemon Direct, but nonetheless, there is plenty of new info. I think from what they showed in both Directs, the world seems a lot more populated now. It has both random and non-random battles in the wild area between cities. And it's also got this Dynamaxing, so you can create these giant Pokemon, and your moves all become max moves, and uh, use it to just beat the... Tar? <laughs> yes, Tar, thank you, <laughs> out of your opponents. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't really need any more convincing for Pokemon, but, uh, you know, I'm glad to see it, and I can't wait to get my hands on it in November. I'll be honest, I wasn't blown away, but it did pretty much meet my expectations, and those expectations were already fairly high, so I'd say it's looking very solid. Yeah, absolutely. I did see some backlash, a little negativity about the fact that uh, sounds like you won't be able to transfer all your Pokemon from the past games into this version, hmm. but, you know, uh, I'll see, you know, who knows, maybe they'll change things based on feedback. 
yeah, we'll see how things uh, evolve, so to speak. <laughs> yeah, one of the interesting things about this game is it's going to have these multiplayer max raid battles. So you join up with other players online to fight, or locally, I guess, to fight these humongous, wild, dynamaxed Pokemon. Uh, that's certainly an interesting thing that's sort of carried over from Pokemon Go, in a sense. And we also got to see a bunch of new Pokemon. You know, Wooloo the sheep, and Gossifleur the flower, and uh, Dreadnought the snapping turtle, uh, Corviknight the raven. They're all uh, pretty cool designs, I would say. Yeah, I think I'm a Wooloo man myself. Now, what about the new legendaries? They are both sort of uh, dog-like with a little bit of lion in them. We have uh, Zacian, the sword representative, and then Zamazenta, the shield representative. Do you have a preference there? I think I'm going to go with the shield one. Huh, interesting. Is that going to change which version you purchase? We will see. I don't know. I feel like the sword is just going to be the one that most people want. (laughs) So I kind of always like having the one that, that nobody wants. Okay, okay. The less popular one. Now, one thing I do think that was interesting was sort of like, you know, this is how the Pokemon Company views England. You know, it's like <laughs> everything is soccer and the royal family and the character design for Leon is like kind of hilarious. <laughs> yeah, you're totally right. I think I might OD on all of the uh, soccer influence they have in the game, but that seems to be their opinion of England. It's like, oh, soccer, 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 soccer. So. <laughs> I mean, I don't think they're wrong, actually, in that, but... <laughs> Well, it is certainly a big influence on the game, that's for sure. (laughs) And people seem uh, pretty smitten with Sonya, Professor Magnolia's granddaughter. Oh yeah, that's right. But uh, yeah, all new characters, lots of new Pokemon, and yeah, the game should be pretty great, even if we didn't get to see anything that was like completely mind-blowing. I'm here for it. Yep, me too. Moving along, we got to see some more of Dragon Quest XI-S, Echoes of an Elusive Age Definitive Edition, the longest title in human history. (laughs) Not much new to say about that, but it is coming out on September 27th. We finally have a release date, so that's pretty cool. We got to see some more Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3, The Black Order, and they didn't really tell us too much new about that game. It looks like it still has a lot of potential, especially in multiplayer, but the thing that they were talking about that I'm not in love with is that there is an expansion pass. <laughs> yep. So I guess if you want to play as the X-Men or the Fantastic Four or the Marvel Knights, you're going to have to cough up more money. I was not expecting that. That, yeah. Kind of is frustrating. It's true. I will say this game does, every time I see it, it kind of makes me want to purchase it. I like uh, the character designs being based off the comic. Yeah, I certainly want to give it a try as well. Even though I'm not enamored with paying for extra characters, I'm definitely more interested in the gameplay. That's really what it comes down to. I'd love to give it a try and uh, see if it's any good. Yeah, same. And then, last but not least, from the first party camp, there was an update on Cadence of Hyrule. Personally, I was kind of hoping they were going to show it during this Direct and say, hey, guess what? It's out now. And they didn't quite do that, (laughs) but they did the next best thing, which is they announced it's coming out in two days on June 13th. (laughs) Yeah, it's kind of weird. It makes you wonder if they found, like, some game-breaking bug and they had to fix it. In two days? I don't know. I don't know. But at any rate, it'll be out soon. I certainly plan to download that and uh, try it out as soon as possible. Yeah, it looks great. Can't wait to play it. That does it for all of the first-party games that were shown on this Nintendo Direct. Let's take a little intermission, and then we come back and we'll discuss some of the third-party offerings that were revealed at this year's E3.
All right, we are back, and we are ready to continue discussing this year's E3 presentation. Specifically, we are ready to start discussing some of the third-party titles that were shown on the Nintendo Direct and announced through other means in the last few days. And boy, was there a lot. Yeah, there was. I mean, that was one of the things about this year's Nintendo Direct is that, as we said earlier, they made up for the lack of new first-party stuff with a whole bunch of third-party stuff. And one of the ones that I'm most excited about is Collection of Mana, which is out right now on Nintendo Switch. Yeah, I couldn't believe how much stuff they announced that was actually available right now. (laughs) Well, there were certainly a few things, a few big exciting things. But yeah, this one is the compilation that includes Final Fantasy Adventure from the Game Boy, Secret of Mana from the Super Nintendo, and then finally, Seiken Densetsu 3, finally being localized and coming out in North America. It is now known as Trials of Mana. But yeah, it's been long awaited. People have wanted this game to come out for like, 20 years or more and now it is finally happening it is out and we can check it out now on switch i haven't bought it just yet but i'm going to like as soon as we're done recording this podcast yeah same it's funny that people have been waiting like 20 years and they reveal it in like a 30 second trailer (laughs) well i mean people have been looking forward to it so much they decided to give it to us twice so not only is it coming in this collection but there is a 3d remake trials of mana coming out on switch early next year in 2020 that's right and it looks pretty friggin' good yeah it's very impressive i mean obviously since it's never come out here i don't know a whole lot about the game but it allows you to play as six different characters and you know the mana series generally delivers so i am very much looking forward to that as well then as you were hoping for pete we got the confirmation witcher 3 complete edition is on the way to switch this year Yeah, and this was a big one for me. I mean, I think a lot of people were excited for this one. I had a coworker literally IM me, (laughs) just be like, Mm -hmm. wow, Witcher 3. Yeah, I mean, if you haven't played this, this is like the perfect opportunity to play it. I haven't. Now that you can play it anywhere. Me, myself, even having completed this game, I actually am really looking forward to being able to play it on my Switch, you know, wherever, whenever. Yeah, I feel like it's right at home and a really good sign of the state of third parties with Nintendo. Yeah, I'm looking forward to finally giving the series a try. I think this is honestly maybe the best showing Nintendo's had with third parties for a very long time. Yeah, I think I would certainly have to agree with you there. And uh, again, continuing that line of thought, Konami announced a brand new Contra game. It is called Contra Rogue Corps. Yeah, and did your like whiskers catch on fire when this came out? Well, no, <laughs> not really. To be honest... It does not look very good. (laughs) I was going to say, it doesn't look amazing, but you know what? I'm going to take the wait and see and see how this one turns out. I mean, maybe it plays a lot better than it looks, but it kind of looks very hobo. It kind of looks like (laughs) a PS2 game with rejected Fortnite character designs. Wow, that's a harsh words from a harsh man. Those are the best things I can say about it. Wow. I mean, like, they started showing this game, they started saying things like Contra and Alien Wars, I'm like, how dare they invoke the Contra name for this crummy-looking game? But then, (laughs) lo and behold, it's an actual Contra game, and you play as, you know, random dude, half-alien woman, cyborg panda, (laughs) alien creature. But, I don't know, you know, it's four-player online and local co-op, it's got lots of weapons, got lots of shooting, the graphics look pretty terrible, but uh, who knows, maybe it plays better than it looks. It's coming out on September 24th, and uh, like you said, I will take a uh, wait-and-see approach on this one. 
Don't have high hopes, but I'll wait and see. Yeah, you know, I feel like, honestly, not to totally play devil's advocate here, but I do feel like that the graphics really aren't designed to look amazing so much as it is to, like, run really fast and, like, invoke this, like, kind of arcade experience. So I'm hoping, hoping, fingers crossed, that it's actually much more fun than it looked. For me, it was, like, invoking memories of the terrible ps1 contra games contra legacy of war and <laughs> see the contra adventure oh i know i don't know like you said we'll we'll hope for the best yeah on the other hand they announced that the contra collection is out today and again that's one that i am going to purchase as soon as we are done talking because it has all the classic contra games that i love and remember and cannot wait to finally play through those all over again yeah i almost pooped my pants when i saw that it was available today Oh, well, I'm glad I wasn't there for that. (laughs) I'm actually playing through the Castlevania collection right now, so very excited to see this one. All right, cool. Well, speaking of pooping, they announced No More Heroes 3 is on the way to Switch. Yes, they did, and it looks pretty good. (laughs) It looks pretty ridiculous. And yes, that does sort of imply good. But yeah, (laughs) it's just totally off-the-hook insanity. Goofy and futuristic, and there's like an alien invasion and... First, you're some bearded guy, and then you're a flying mech suit, and then you're normal Travis Touchdown with your beam katana and your suplexing fools, and that's really all we know. But yes, it is a real No More Heroes action-adventure game, not just the uh, arcade-style one that we got before. It's looking pretty darn cool, and it's coming next year in 2020. Yeah, we knew that Suda51 loved the Switch. We knew that this was likely going to happen, but it was pretty awesome Mm -hmm. getting the official announcement today. Yeah, I mean, I figure the way it's looking, they must have started this even before they released the last one, but who cares? It's looking great. Yep, indeed. And then we have Panzer Dragoon Remake coming this winter. Yeah, this one was a big surprise. It almost feels like it's maybe 15 years too late. (laughs) Um, Hmm, I don't know about that. Because uh, I think maybe on the Wii it might have made sense. No, with the pointer controls? Yeah. To uh, do the lock-on? Yeah, that would have been cool. But obviously... But hey, I'm not complaining that we're getting it now. I think (laughs) it looks absolutely gorgeous on Switch. Those, you know, ruined landscape environments look amazing. You know, the designs of the dragons and Panzer Dragoon are always so unique and beautiful. And, of course, you know, if you want lots of flying and shooting, you can't really ask for better than this. I mean, it's kind of too bad it's not Panzer Dragoon Saga. But who knows? Maybe if this sells well, we will get that one down the road. Yeah, totally. Welcome addition to the library. And I definitely didn't see this one coming at all. (laughs) Yeah, it was a nice surprise. Uh, Speaking of Sega games, though, one that we certainly did see coming was Mario and Sonic at the Olympic Games Tokyo 2020. That one is coming out in November, and we finally got to see that game in action. In addition to uh, your expected Olympic sports, this also has surfing and skateboarding. I was not uh, expecting to see that. (laughs) Uh, Nope, but it's pretty cool. Yep, we also have, of course, karate, fencing, swimming, javelin, hurdles, wall climb, boxing, horse riding, soccer, kayaking, tennis, and we got to see Princess Peach, I think, either punching or kicking tails in the face. (laughs) Now, do they have a hot dog eating competition in this one? Uh, I don't think so. That's too bad. But what they did have was that really interesting looking cutscene or something of the 8-bit and 16-bit characters racing. I don't know if that's actually like something that's going to be included in gameplay or it's just a little cutscene that was there. Maybe it was only put in for the trailer. I don't know, but that part was pretty rad. Oh yeah, that really did look pretty cool. Maybe it's just for that mode or something? I don't know. I don't know. We shall see. We shall see. Maybe they'll add in that and the hot dog eating contest. I don't know. (laughs) 
Other games that were shown included The Dark Crystal, Age of Resistance Tactics, which is a grid-based strategy game. It looked very, very uh, claymation-based, had uh, a whole lot going on in the animation department. Yeah, and pretty cool to see it uh, tied into a property that actually people are excited about. So, I don't know. This was an unexpected surprise, but welcome nonetheless. Yeah, I'm not uh, super excited about it, but it's definitely very interesting. Although I will say it's funny that this Netflix property came out, but we still don't have a Netflix app. What the heck? <laughs> That's a very good point. Uh, we also have Hollow Knight Silk Song coming out. That's looking pretty darn cool. And also Spyro Reignited Trilogy. That hits on September 3rd. Yeah, I think I'm especially excited about that Hollow Knight one. Yeah, that should be pretty darn cool. Uh, what about Resident Evil 5 and 6? I kind of recall you saying those were not your favorite Resident Evil games. <laughs> they aren't super appealing to me, but I mean, it's kind of cool to see them coming to the system. To be quite honest, I've not played much of them. I just know that they were kind of panned by critics because, you know, they kind of got away from the survival horror part. But Right, right. That's why I'm always, you know, leaning more towards the other one if I was going to go back and play a Resident Evil game. Right. But the fact that they're on Switch, sure, why not? I'll give them a try. And another game that is coming to a Nintendo system for the first time, at least in North America, is Nino Kuni, Wrath of the White Witch. That was an excellent RPG when I played it on PlayStation 3. And, you know, it was supposed to come out on Nintendo handhelds, but it never made it to North America. So it's great to see it finally coming out here. So Nintendo fans can enjoy that. That hits on September 20th. Yeah, it's cool. There was also the reveal of the Elder Scrolls Blades coming out this fall. That appears to be a first-person dungeon crawler. It seems to be a port maybe of a mobile game so i'm assuming it's free to play and i hear a lot of buzz about oh it's probably going to microtransact people to death so i can't say i'm too excited about this one yet but i guess we'll see yeah i'll give it a shot and then over at ubisoft they announced just dance 2020 coming not only to switch but to nintendo wii <laughs> that is pretty awesome yeah can you believe it Still coming out on Wii. No more Wii U version this year, sorry, but it is coming out on Wii. <laughs> Crazy. Guess it makes sense. Mm, I don't know if it makes any sense at all, but uh, <laughs> it definitely amuses me, that's for sure. <laughs> you should buy it. <laughs> I hear the collectors uh, will be going wild for it. <laughs> Without a doubt. Uh, also, Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles Remastered got a brief appearance in the Nintendo Direct. Obviously, we are looking forward to that one. Yeah, although I will say in the video it looked a little choppy for some reason, so I, I'll have to keep my eye on that one. Hmm, I didn't notice that myself, but at least it does have a release date for winter now. Just a couple other games that I wanted to make mention of that were not in the Nintendo Direct, but were revealed elsewhere in the last several days. We got Ukulele and the Impossible Lair coming to Switch late this year. It is no longer a 3D platformer like before, but a 2D side-scrolling platformer mixed with a top-down puzzle-focused overworld, so it's a lot more like, say, Donkey Kong Country than it is Banjo-Kazooie. Oh, interesting. Then we have Wolfenstein Youngblood coming out on July 26th. It is violent, explosive, and it's got first-person co-op Nazi-killing action. I don't even know if it has a single-player mode, but, you know, my past experience with what they've been putting out on Switch tells me this should be a pretty darn solid port. Yeah, really cool to continue seeing the Bethesda love. Yeah, definitely. 
Also, we've got the Messenger Picnic Panic coming. That is a free DLC expansion that's hitting on July 11th, and it's got you know more of the great fighting and uh, ninja-ing from the original game, but now in a tropical environment. You can still jump between 8 and 16-bit styles. You can surf on the skeletal remains of I don't know what it is, <laughs> fight a giant octopus. It looks absolutely ridiculous, even more ridiculous than the original. <laughs> They're really pushing the ridiculous envelope, I would say. Yeah, for me, it was a good reminder that I need to finish that game and uh, wrap up. (laughs) Yeah, me too. I got stuck on some really, really tricky optional thing. And because of that, I never quite wrapped up the game. But uh, yeah, I need to get back to it as well. You make a very good point. We have Gods and Monsters coming from Ubisoft. It's from the Assassin's Creed team. It's sort of a colorful, cartoony take on like ancient Greek myths. It kind of looks a little bit like Kid Icarus. You know, I haven't seen this one. Yeah, well, it might be right up your alley, Pete. Be sure to check it out. It comes out on February 25th of next year. All right, will do. And then Square Enix announced a bunch of cool things. We've got The Last Remnant Remastered, which is out now. (laughs) Came out when they had their press conference yesterday. We have a couple Romancing Saga titles. Romancing Saga 3 and Saga Scarlet Grace Ambitions, which kind of just sounds like a bunch of random words thrown together. (laughs) But those games are both coming out on Switch. I've never really gotten into the Saga games myself. I tried to play them and they never really hooked me. But I don't know. It's cool to see them coming here nonetheless, especially sort of a lost classic like Romancing Saga 3. Then we have Oninaki coming out on August 22nd. That certainly sounds very interesting from a story perspective, where the characters you play as are watchers that guide the souls of the dead through resurrection and uh, rebirth. So that's very, very intriguing to me. And certainly last but not least, Final Fantasy VIII Remastered is coming out later this year. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, that was the one that was clearly... Notable by its absence when they announce all those other Final Fantasy games. You're getting 7 and 9 and 10 and 10, 2 <laughs> and 12. And it's like, well, where's 8? Where's 8? Well, here's 8. And it's not just a quick and dirty port. They really have improved the graphics quite a bit. I mean, if you look at the original and you look at this one, it's pretty much night and day. It looks really nice compared to the original. I mean, it's still not like up to current gen modern spec or anything, but it's very, very nice a remaster yeah it kind of made me laugh that the uh final fantasy 8 remaster is going to come out before the final fantasy 7 remaster but that's where we're <laughs> yeah at. well for us nintendo fans who knows if we'll ever get a final fantasy 7 remaster we'll probably have to wait 20 something years like we did for the original <laughs> final fantasy then we'll get the final fantasy 7 remake on here but yes for now we'll be content with final fantasy 8 remastered i think i mean between all these games we have 7 8 9 10 like i was just saying i mean that's already going to take me like, months and months to play through. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Overload of Final Fantasy. Would you mind telling me if uh, The Last Remnant Remastered is worth playing? You know, I have no idea. I might actually own that game <laughs> on another system, but if I do, I've never played it. I'm very curious about that one myself, but hey, it's by Square Enix, so I'd say chances are it's probably pretty good. All right, and it feels like it's a good price at uh, $19.99. Yeah, that's for sure. Anyway, that takes care of everything I wanted to talk about from this year's Nintendo Direct and other E3 presentations. That is a whole lot of stuff. And uh, yeah, lots of exciting games coming out, both from first and third parties. Yeah, I mean, I think I said this earlier, but it really was a very, very strong showing for Nintendo. I think, you know, you could probably say that I've never felt so like, wow, they actually announced a lot of good things. Plus the fact that you add in the third party and it just puts it over the top. Yeah, absolutely. Like I was saying before, not a ton of surprises, but just lots and lots of quality stuff. 
And I think probably the worst thing we're going to have to deal with is just having too many good games and figuring out what we want to play in the months ahead. Yeah, which is a problem I can live with. Yes, indeed. Absolutely. Anyway, we have already gone on far too long with this episode of the podcast, so I think it's time for us to wrap things up here. However, before we go, I will make time for one more thing, and that is a dramatic reading. (laughs) Well, what do you got this week? Well, this time it is something very thematically appropriate. It is a reading of Nintendo's press release about this year's E3 offerings. Nintendo opened its activities at E3 2019 by showcasing multiple Nintendo Switch games scheduled to launch in 2019 and beyond. During its Nintendo Direct presentation, Nintendo revealed new information for games, including Pokemon Sword and Pokemon Shield, Luigi's Mansion 3, The Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening, Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3 The Black Order, Fire Emblem Three Houses, Animal Crossing New Horizons, Astral Chain, and Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. The Nintendo Direct also revealed upcoming Nintendo Switch games, including The Witcher 3 Wild Hunt Complete Edition from CD Projekt Red, The Dark Crystal Age of Resistance Tactics from Bonus XP and Enmass Entertainment, Contra Road Corps from Konami, and Trials of Mana from Square Enix. Nintendo also revealed two new paid downloadable fighters coming to the Super Smash Bros. Ultimate game, Hero from the Dragon Quest series to be available this summer, and Banjo-Kazooie for this fall. The Nintendo Direct presentation concluded with the reveal of the sequel to The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, which is currently in development for Nintendo Switch. After more than two years on the market, Nintendo Switch has appealed to every kind of player with its ever-growing library of games, including notables like The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, Super Mario Odyssey, and Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, said Nintendo of America President Doug Bowser. At E3, we're giving fans a look at what's in store for the rest of the year and beyond by demonstrating the widespread support for the system from both Nintendo and a wide range of indie and big-name development partners. Nintendo followed its presentation with a Nintendo Treehouse Live segment that gave fans their first look at live gameplay of the new Pokemon games in development for Nintendo Switch. The games are scheduled to launch November 15th. Nintendo Treehouse Live, which provides closer looks at Nintendo Switch games featured at E3, will continue with daily programming through Thursday. Wednesday and Thursday's live streams will start at 9 a.m. For the first time, Thursday's show will be dedicated entirely to new indie games coming to Nintendo Switch. Sounds fun. Yeah, sorry, there wasn't anything humorous in this week's (laughs) dramatic reading. No, I didn't think there would be, but that's okay. That's, uh, you know, they don't all have to be funny. Just wanted to add some gravitas to the E3 proceedings, you know? Yep. You know how it is. Yeah, otherwise I probably wouldn't have ever read that. (laughs) Well, then I'm uh, glad to have helped you out. Thanks, buddy. I mean, Nemi. (laughs) All right, that does it for this week's show. As always, you can find us at powerpros.podbean.com and you can follow us at powerprospod on both Facebook and Twitter. You can follow me, the Hoff, on Twitter at Chris the Hoff, and you can find Pete at Burly Red Yeti. You can email us at powerprospod at gmail.com, and if you like the podcast, it would be great if you told your friends about us. Thanks for listening, everybody. For myself, 
Pete Bashad, Show Me Your Moves, and our dream girl, Marin. We will see you next time.